G'day and welcome to GradChat, your opportunity to find out about graduate research here at Queen's. My name is CJ the DJ and I'm your host for this week's GradChat. Of course, a show like this could not happen without the support of the School of Graduate Studies and CFRC. So thank you very much to both of them. Now, if your mates miss the show at any time, you can download the podcast the next day or or by the end of the week on either iTunes, Google Podcasts or Stitcher. So no excuse not to hear what our awesome students and postdoctoral fellows are doing. Just a reminder again, the clarity of the recording isn't quite as good as when we do it in the studio, but pandemic or not, we were not going to stop this show because the show must always go on. And so that's what we've done. So here we are, we're doing it virtually. Uh, And luckily, there's a whole lot more software available these days for us to be able to do that. So that's very exciting for us. Now, today, I would like to introduce you to Zhongwei Beniskawei, otherwise known as Crystal Hardy, who is doing a PhD in nursing under the supervision of Dr. Mary Smith. Welcome to Grad Chat, Zhongwei. Thank you so much, Jimmy Witch, for having me. And yeah, this is such an honor. I'm really excited to be talking with you today. Before we get started, I'd like to introduce myself in my language. And, Please do. Uh, yeah, yes. so uh, hello, Wuju, Zhongwei, Benise, Kwe, Nishnakaz, Makwado Dem, Benjiti, Wabik, Saging, Anishnabek, Nindonjaba. So what I said was, hello, I am Sounding Thunderbird Woman. I'm from the Bear Clan, and I'm from Rocky Bay First Nation, which is about an hour and a bit drive from Thunder Bay. And I'm living and working in Thunder Bay, Ontario now. But yeah, I'm doing my PhD in nursing at Queen's, of course. And yeah, I'm really excited to talk about that. But I am a nurse practitioner. I've been doing a lot of work, you know, right now with the out, the rollout of the vaccines and doing a lot of vaccine clinic with uh, urban Indigenous populations. So super, super grateful for that. And uh, yeah, I'm so grateful to talk about it with you. Well, well, that's interesting, actually. So are you going even further north in Thunder Bay to help out with this vaccine rollout, are you? Well, the next plans are to do some road access communities and looking at that. I was actually supposed to go tomorrow, but, you know, it's kind of day to day with a lot of things. I think it's really yeah. an interesting time to be very flexible. Like, again, we tried to book this, you know, a month back and it was like, I got called called in to do this. And it's sort of like, so yesterday or tomorrow, we're supposed to do something um, road access, but they need people in town as well. So, you know, there's oh, so much going on and I'm just like... It's so cool to think about being on the front lines right now, like, you know, and I'm, you know, doing vaccine clinic, but I think about all the nurses that are in the hospital and all the things like right. that, like how much stress and things we're going through. And and this kind of leads me into like, you know, the work that I'm doing as well and, and kind of to address some of this fatigue that we're having and all of that kind of stuff, because it's a year into the pandemic and we're still, you know, we're still unsure of what's happening. So I'm just really grateful to be able to be a part of it and to help out wherever I can. Well, we're, we're lucky to have people like yourself, Wei, because I know myself, if, if I, for instance, if I was a nurse, I'd be happy to put myself out there. But the underlying there'd be the, gosh, I hope I don't get this, mm-hmm. um, you know, this, this uh, virus. So I know that must be scary. And I know all the, you know, frontliners are very good at hiding that part of it, yes. which is lucky for us, for the rest of us, that you do go out there and put yourselves in the front line and to, to help us all. Mm. So now we just have to do our part to make it easier for everybody. Mm. But it's great that you're able to do that. And it, and it is, like you said, it's, it is constantly changing. Just when you think we've nipped it in the bud. <laughs> yes. 
the damn things comes back and you know for various reasons so we all have to be a bit more vigilant for a little while longer mm-hmm. so but at least the nice thing now is that you you as a frontliner you've all been vaccinated so yes. at least you've got a bit more protection from what you had before Yeah, you know, it's so so. funny when you're saying this, and I might kind of lead this into my PhD work a little bit, but Mm -hmm. it's sort of like, you know, this work that I'm doing, but, you know, being protected and protecting yourself so you can help other people, right? This is, you know, if we think about the vaccine in that way, but a lot of the, my PhD work is about that and protecting ourselves that we can protect other people. So I just, I just made that connection in my own mind. So I just thought I would share that. It's such a beautiful connection. So Well, I I know sometimes, you know, when we get really, really, we can be anxious about things and therefore you don't sleep very well. And so, and when you're tired, you don't think properly. And so it's it's that one of those vicious circles that you get in. I also say to people who, who at times get anxious and things and they go, I just can't concentrate on this. I said, are you getting a good night's sleep? Mm. Because sometimes you just need a good night's sleep. I know that's a bit different to what you're doing, but sometimes you need that good night's sleep to be able to then see the rest of the day in better perspective Mm, because it's got more clarity. As soon as you said rest, like we need the the time of rest. Like it's the same as the seasons in our lives, right? Like, the winter is so important. Like there's no leaves on a lot of the trees, but everything's happening under the surface, right? It's like, correct. And even in the spring where we go, we plant those seeds and we're just waiting. We know that something's growing under there. We don't see it. There's times where we need to sit back. And like in my Anishinaabe culture and many cultures, storytelling, we do that in the winter because we'd sit close to our family and loved ones and share. Oh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So yes, it's like that makes total sense. Go through like what happened in the year and, you know, what we're grateful for. And you, you kind of holding on for that hope for spring because we're kind of in the dark, you know. And and this is the talking about like, appreciating the rest time and going like being prepared for when that next thing's going to happen because we don't know. Things are kind of very flexible. We have to be more flexible, flowing like water and we do mm-hmm. actually it's interesting and um, it's gosh we're going off in all sorts of tangents uh, it's, it's wonderful because even when you said that i mean the one thing that's happened with the pandemic it's brought families closer together because they haven't been able to go out and do their other social activities so we've managed as families if if you're lucky to have your family live near you who probably wouldn't be playing board games yes. they'd be going out doing something else but now they're playing board games and chatting with each mm. other and we're all taking that little step back we're talking about rest that step back and saying we all need to slow down because the, the the world was getting so fast, it's like you've got to do this, 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 and this, and oh god, it doesn't seem to be enough time in the day. Da 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 da. And instead of just going, you know, there was a reason way way back that you did work during the day, but you rested in the evening, mm-hmm. and the family came together and did things, and it was kind of like a family wind down session, which we all need. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the pandemic, if nothing else, has at least taught some of us that to re- reminded us. Yeah, the importance of family and connection and winding down and taking the time to get away from your computers, even though we've zoomed out, Mm -hmm. um, but getting away from your computers and things. Yeah, well, and even if you're not in the same physical space with someone, I think people are making those connections with Zoom, which if you have those, if we're lucky to, but but again, like reaching out to family members to go like, 
it's really important that I talk to you because I don't know when I'm going to see you again, like, you know, in physical, in this physical, whatever. So yeah, I love that. Thank you for that. And it kind of made me think about talking back in pre-recording. We just mentioned a bit about two spirit and what that means to me. And I thought it might be good to share that. But uh, to me, a a big part of it is actually having the spirit of, of the sun and the moon within me. And it's kind of what you said, like in the daytime we work, right? And so to me in the day, that's sort of like that sun masculine energy where you're like, you're getting the work done and it's like the doing, right? And then the evening is like, is the moon energy where it's like, it's darker, it's feelings, it's, it's just being right. And so it's that energy of doing and being and, and having that duality and like the lightness and the dark, right? So, you know, we're very good at, showing maybe not always good but showing the light parts of us like the things that we like to show right like and we don't like to show the darker parts like that's the kind of the moon energy too right the mysterious stuff the things that people right. don't see behind closed doors right like <laughs> and so so it leads me to so my phd i you know i'm still in the thesis proposal phase and kind of working out like what it's going to look like but it's using storytelling as medicine and it's an autoethnography of me a two-spirit anishinaabe nurse practitioner so a big part of that is exploring the use of ceremony and self-reflection to help us to feel better, right? To promote resilience in ourselves, to address our compassion fatigue, right? Like to look at, looking at radical self-care, right? Getting that vaccine, making sure you're in the front line to get that vaccine so you can go out and help people, right? Help Help other people take care of themselves. So it's very interesting because I've been doing a lot of going back to think about how is ceremony incorporated in nursing, right? And we know nursing is an an art and a science. But we've been very science-based in a lot of our nursing because of the way of the world, right? Western medicine, and we're kind of following medical models in a lot of ways. But nursing is very aligned with Indigenous ways of knowing and being because we talk about holistic care, right? Where we talk about seeing a patient not just as a symptom. We're seeing their their family, their their culture, their them as a whole person, right? Which is the teaching of Anishinaabe medicine wheel, right? It's like the circle of life, the cycles, like going through the seasons of change. And, and, and that is also including ceremony and spirituality. And I went back to start reading about Florence Nightingale again, right? We know that she's like the mother of nursing. And I was going, you know, when I first was a nurse, I was, ah, yes. And I was like, I'm Florence Nightingale. And I was like going out there just, you know, bright eye, bushy tail and going, holy God. <laughs> You know, 15 years later, I'm like, oh, wow, okay. You know, things are still kind of the same, right? But but there's there's changes happening. You know that that she talked about the importance of hygiene, right? And and how she saw the soldiers and like they were getting sick. So like cleaning the environment, right? Cleaning their environment. Well, one part is cleaning our environment up, right? Taking care of the land. The other part, as she said, was actual spiritual hygiene and sort of that, because there is a lot of connection to like to God and ceremony actually, right? Yep. And how spiritual hygiene actually helped you feel better as well. And so I'm kind of exploring how looking at that, you know, in a sort of two-eyed seeing sort of means, and that's an L. Albert Marshall, he's an elder that came up with that concept of seeing through one eye, um, through Western ways of knowing and the other eye through indigenous ways of knowing. Right. And kind of taking the strengths of both, Both. you know, and so. um, Makes total sense. Right. And storytelling, you know, in my culture, that's, you know, that's how I, I heal and educate, right, myself and others 
community is part of that. But storytelling isn't just writing things. It's not just speaking things. It's through song. It's through ceremony. It's through prayer. It's through art. It's through movement. It's through dance. You know, it's through so many things. And that's, you know, in our Western world is called expressive arts, right? And so it's, it's using different languages to bridge that and that's and that's so important because there's there's been so much that we've lost and thankful there are people there that still know and we're prepared Mm. to help share the the old ways so to speak we we've lost a lot of that and even when you think about the various plants and things that Mm. they used to use and i'm still talking about the western world but in the early you know 16 1700s where they used a lot of herbs and things as as medicines we've lost so much of that but it's nice that it's starting to come back and we've realized we can't lose that and and i'll use an an example just using examples like you have been doing with the pandemic when we all got put on lockdown I was amazed just even in my neighborhood how many more birds came out and other things that were rejuvenating themselves and saying we're getting this space back because it wasn't it wasn't getting polluted by all the cars and things like you know all the smoke fumes and what have you and we weren't having people trudging through on motorbikes on you know pristine lands because it was left open mm-hmm. and and so the world was the environment was saying i can heal myself if you give me a chance i can heal myself And, you know, I really, and that was so obvious within less than a year, you could see the change that was happening. So if we did the right thing for the environment, it will heal itself. Mm. And likewise with medicines, if we can combine the traditional ways, as you said, with some of the Western practices and find the best of both, then surely that's got to be better for all of us. Right. And you said so many beautiful things. And I don't know if you noticed, I was just jotting a couple of things down because I was just like, wow, like first off, getting our space back, that is all about decolonizing, right? And, and sharing that right. space with not just Western ways of knowing and being. So it's it's like sharing space with other things and the animals and everything, right? And then the other yep. piece you said is I can heal myself if you give me the chance. And I was, oh, so one, as an indigenous person, that's something that I've been fighting for just give me the chance. I can help heal myself. Like you don't need to do it for me, but you have to, you know, be there to help kind of thing. Right. Like, yes. And yes. so that is something that's huge has been coming from this, this, you know, this work, this important work, this hard work is a study on myself, which is what autoethnography is. Right. It's right. It's going in and doing a study. Self-reflection. Yes. It's going in and going, what's made me who I am and how does that, reflect in the world in nursing so you're looking at your background and how you can then help the nursing industry is that what you're looking at yeah so when I'm thinking about this in many ways it's for anyone that's a healer anyone that's a caregiver but specifically because I'm a nurse and in nursing this is where my focus is right now because I got to the point that I had compassion fatigue and really that's like you're just so emotionally physically everything drains out of you that you're losing your compassion for other people that you're just like, I can't do this anymore. Right. Right? It's just overwhelming too much. Yes. Need a a break. And even your usual ways of coping, calming yourself down each day at the end of each day is not working. It's not enough. Right. And you're not feeling 
validated in the work you're doing. You know it's important, but it seems like nothing changes. No one recognizes it. So then I had to take a hard look at, well, what, like, why am I feeling this way? Mm-hmm. And I think in nursing, we always talk about, I remember like first couple of years of nursing, we had a lot of self-reflection practices. And I remember us like all rolling our eyes in class and going like, okay, we're going to write a journal. <laughs> Journaling is the most best medicine for me. That's like my right. voice is medicine. It's it's acknowledging my thoughts and feelings. No one ever needs to see those. But then it makes me go, is that my own thought? Or is that like society's thought? Or right. it gives us that chance to actually connect with us. And that's the purpose of that ceremonial self-reflection is going, knowing that it's like connection to your higher self, if you don't believe in anything else, right? Or what is your connection right. to the world and the universe? Like what is important to you as compared to other people? Because when we're burnt out, we aren't able to provide as much compassion and and care to the people we care for, right? We snap yep. at our friends and family. We, you know, I, I know I've seen in, and I was really angry for a long time about how Indigenous people have been treated um, in the healthcare system. I still am. Right. But right. that anger, I was, I need to transform. Ang- anger is not a good emotion to feel. It's very overwhelming. And I actually have complex PTSD myself from having multiple traumas growing up as a child. I am a survivor of childhood abuse, including physical, sexual, emotional, anything you can think of. And so expressive arts and my connection to creator and spirit is actually what's the most medicine for me because these other tools that I've been using from the Western system, you know, would help a bit, but it just didn't do it. It wasn't holistic. It wasn't the whole part. Right. Yes. So, yeah. They needed more. Right. You can't. You can't just give it a pill and say it's going to work itself out. Exactly. And that's the piece we you're we we talking about the land and right. So th- those pills and the things like those are medicines. Most of them have come from the land, right? But they've been modified yep. so much. So it's like, can we go back to the tinctures and the teas and things? Maybe for some things. Maybe for other things, we can't. Right. We know. Yeah. We definitely need surgery, emergency care. We need those things, right? We, but we need to also make space for other things to go, oh, you see a chiropractor, like that's alternative or complementary. That gives it the idea that, that that's othered. Like it's other. not, it's, well, and I've even said this to patients, well, that's actually the grade A evidence tells me this. And I'm like, well, wait a minute, what does that mean to me? Right? So is that grade A evidence relevant in this situation for this patient in this circumstance and all of this, right? So right, right. it's just giving us an opportunity to reflect on that, right? On all of the pieces that are actually intertwined in what we do, because I started my PhD journey talking about cultural humility and safety for Indigenous people. And I was like, yeah, we do this by cultural safety training and all of this kind of stuff. And I'm doing those, doing that work and going, the biggest part of that work is humility. And that's going inside. Right. Right. So, yes. It's inner. It's inner. So how do you teach someone to do that? And I'm like, well, I don't do that very well. <laughs> so I need to teach myself how to do that, right? Before I can teach someone else. The same with anything we do, right? You would never go, hey, I'm going to show you how to ride a bike if you've never ridden a bike before. Right. You've got to walk the walk, right? <laughs> like before you talk the talk. But it's, it's interesting you talk about, because I mean, self-reflection is always hard because you're looking at yourself and that can be scary sometimes Mm -hmm. and sometimes it can be such a great revelation it can make all sorts of changes but talking about um, that first part you did it's kind of like what med in in my opinion what meditation was for Mm -hmm. is to 
calm yourself down yes and and get things to a level where you can understand and you come out peaceful and and again like having a good sleep yes you, so much more clarity moving forward and it's funny because I had a friend who did a lot of meditation but he said he had to be really really careful of how long he meditated each year each day because otherwise he would be a bit of a um, (laughs) you know so slow in the world everything was going so fast and he was going like you know really slow (laughs) so he had to be careful how much you did you do that that kind of thing so I used to find that quite funny I mean he was a Buddhist and that's how you know it was part of his practices and but he only did longer meditation when he actually went on retreat Mm. otherwise he wouldn't be able to cope with the world again back to that duality right it's like the doing and being and so yeah like I go into hermit mode and I'm going I go deep sometimes too deep right and spirits like right, right. nope nope come on you don't need to be in there come on like you're like yeah, drowning in emotions right and and going it's good to feel the feelings and then release them and right then release them. and that's what so, I do through expressive arts right So the releasing part, for instance, and please forgive me if I've got the context wrong, but for instance, you know, smudging. Yep. Is that the same thing of being able to release the bad energies and it's part of things like it's like part of yeah it's like I would say it's like a tool right it's a tool in your in your toolbox kind of thing so smudging is it is a big piece of ceremony to me as well and there's different types of smudging so depending on how I'm feeling or what my body like I'm trying to really tune into like what is my body saying what is my stomach asking for what's my heart asking for because we're so bombarded by messages from on social media and all these things of like what we want. So we don't actually know sometimes. But anyway, so going back to smudging, that is a way that helps ground us as well. But, you know, if we use sage as, as one of the stronger medicines that help clear, but it's, you know, you take the smoke and you like waft it over, yes. your, over your head to clear negative thoughts, cleaning. right? Yeah. yeah. You want to have, you put it over your eyes. You want to see in a good way. Over your mouth, you want to speak in a good way. You want it over your ears. You want to hear in a good way, like through every part of your body you want to live in a good way right because we know we can't have love and fear at the same time right we can't have hate hate and love at the same time so when we go inward it gives us a chance to have compassion for ourselves and other people and go whatever's happening is not about me right now I don't know what's going on in their life but I know what's going on in my life or maybe I don't and that's what I have to figure out right right and it actually gives us power too well, it does, because as you said, I mean, it's hard for you as a nurse to help others if you haven't looked after yourself first, because exactly. you've got to be clear to be able to then support others. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, well, when you've had a bad day, think about, or say you've had a bad sleep and you're up and, you know, I think about when I, well, we don't really drive anywhere anymore. I walk everywhere now, <laughs> which is amazing, but you know, driving somewhere and like, it's like, you didn't get a good sleep all day. You're just kind of on edge, right? You're just like, you're just buzzing. You get the red light and you're like, like you're all mad about everything. Right. So it's sort of that same sense where compassion fatigue, you're just at the edge always. Right. And so I've seen nurses be very unkind to patients that would never normally do that, but they're overworked. They're just done. They're burnt. They've right. got nothing left, especially right now in COVID. I'm like, I've been lucky enough to not have been in the hospital, but I can imagine how stressful it is to walk in there each day, right? To yeah. like putting your knowing. yourself on the line, right? And it's hard, right? So, so I'm going. How do we, how do we address this for everyone? You know, the best care. 
when we are well-rested, well-fed, I always say I have this little bear inside of me. I'm the bear clan too. So I have this hungry (laughs) bear inside, right? So it's like when I'm not fed and if I'm not well-rested, that bear is angry. Angry, yes. Angry bear, right? So so, but when I, I drink a lot of water, I have, I go for a walk. If I don't go outside to you, I get very cranky. I'm like, what is this feeling? Like, why do I feel this way? Oh, I've done Zoom meetings all day, right? So even that 10 minutes of walking outside, feeling that connection to the land makes me go, right. oh yeah, whew, right? That that having that balance where I'm not just, you know, a hermit in my house meditating all day, right? I do walking meditation too, which is really helpful where I just kind of, have no intent. And I go, I have about a half an hour. I'm just going to walk wherever spirit takes me, which is like really amazing. So it's like, I go down back lanes. I feel like a little kid again, right? (laughs) We need to, and that's what gives us our spirit actually is our inner child, right? It's healing that fun stuff where we just need to be doing something for nothing where it's, I saw this little kid and she had this cellophane balloon. Oh, we were, I think we were just like the grocery store or something. And she was like, (laughs) The giggling, shaking that thing around. It just brought this huge smile to my face. Everyone in the store kind of stopped and they were just watching her. And it was just like a $2 balloon that she was just flipping around. She was about four years old. She got the most out of that $2 balloon. Right? And going, we need to reconnect with that. Because when we're in that energy, it actually is like a ripple effect. Just like when we're in a bad mood, it's a ripple effect. Like when we're in a good mood, it just goes. When we say, you know, it's, it's so easy to smile. And that puts smiles on other people's faces. Mm -hmm. But what I would like to ask you, because with what you're doing, so, I mean, I'll just remind people the title of your work was Storytelling as Medicine and Autoethnography of a Two-Spirit Anishinaabe Nurse Practitioner. So if if you're saying like you look at your doing reflection on yourself first, how are you then going to change that reflection of what you find out about yourself to then help other nurses who, for instance, they're not all Indigenous? How do we get other nurses, regardless of their backgrounds, to um, from the, from the work that you're doing to get them to help address the fat- their fatigue? Definitely, yeah. So. The reason, well, of course, it's going to be related to my spirit is because it's my own story, right? And so, so first off, we are all stories, right? Like as nurses, as anyone actually, what I think about as a nurse or nurse practitioner, we ask our patients, when did this start? Tell me about your symptoms. Tell me about your family. We are always engaging in stories with our patients. So they tell us their story and that's narrative medicine actually, right? So the telling of your story is actually medicine. We've seen that. That's why we ask patients to do these things, right? So we're combining that narrative medicine with nursing self-reflection. So whatever that means to you, like my, my idea of this is going through and finding out what is, how does my cultural story affect me in a positive ways? And negative ways. And that can be anyone's cultural story, right? Right, right. So giving yes. people sort of not a workbook, maybe, I don't know. I don't really know what it's going to look like yet. <laughs> right? But giving that piece of prompts for self-reflection and you could do it. Maybe it'll be an app. Maybe it'll be, I'm open to ideas if anyone wants to send right. me ideas. Right? <laughs> but but it's, it's sort of like I'm going through that piece. So that piece for myself is going, how do I tell my story? And how am I doing that thing? So I'm doing that through one journaling. So I'm going to go through my journals and pull out themes of like how my cultural story affects who I am and how I provide care to other people, right? Right. It's that, right. that other piece is like, how does that inform the care that I provide? And understanding actually that those areas in my life where I've experienced trauma and overcome those, 
are actually my like quote unquote superpowers. I was reading um, an article about yeah. how someone's autoethnography dealing through sexual abuse through poetry is actually like part of their superpower where they were like, this is my strength as a wounded healer. And we are all yep. wounded. Like we have to pretend yep. sometimes that we're, we, you know, we talk about objectivity and coming in as everything's whatever, but we know that there's times that we break down with a patient's family and we cry because we're human beings. Like, you know, we have to remember yep. it's relational practice, right? It's being, and then I go back to all my relations, right? Like this is like, right. our relations right. are with us now, our spirit relations from before for our future relations. So being very intentional in what we're doing and how we are caring for ourselves and caring for other people, right? So, right, yep. And then yep. the other piece I'm going to explore is how my family history has affected what I am, positively and negatively, and my own personal history. So, again, right. this is how we know history is important, right? Like we're talking about Florence Nightingale, right? Like we yeah. talk about where the things come from, our roots, right? And our roots are actually very important to us. And it seems like we're always trying to grow to something else. Like we want to, we want to leave our families or like we want to, you know, do our own things. But I, we always come back, you know, like, you know. We, yeah, it's true. We, tr we do. Because it's our roots and it's, it's what we know. And we're supposed to go and explore. Like that's the medicine wheel. That's like our sort of our summertime where we're sort of out and like trying different things and seeing like what fits for us. And then we kind of, you know, slowly come we'll work our way back. So Anyway, just not judging it and kind of going through it. So I guess the process for me is really just to promote like that radical self-care, right? Because we often are just going, yep, I'll do that. No problem. I'll work that extra shift. I'll do that extra thing because we know how important right. it is for our patients, right? But we almost have to go, well, we we need to take care of ourselves in order. It's like putting on the oxygen mask before someone else on a plane, right? Right. Yeah. People keep saying that to me and it's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And we say no, those things. True. But you it, can't help anyone if you're keeling over yourself. Right. And I was pushing myself to that point. So I was like, I had to, like, Spirit was like, you can't do this. And I even said that, I can't do this anymore. Like, think about yep. how many times, you know, maybe you've said that to yourself. I know I have. It started off yep. as a whisper started got to like a yell right like I can't do yes. this anymore so I don't want to get have people healers people who are working hard to help everyone get to that point I want them to say right. if they if hopefully they don't get to that point where they're like oh, I can't do this anymore but when it's a whisper then it's like let's do something about it because we all suffer trauma like I was thinking about ICU nurses I was speaking with someone who worked in ICU how there's expected death right and we know that's part of the right. cycle but then, you know, the whole team works on it with, uh, with this patient and on this plan and everything. And then the patient dies and then they wheel another patient in. So there's not a lot of time for self-care, self-reflection to, 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 to just release that, you know, to go like yeah. someone just died in our, in our care, even though it's expected, we still need yeah. to honor that. We need to go, how do I feel exactly. about that? Rest, yep. breathe out. And, and if you don't feel about it, to me, that's that's being too mechanical. Right. And and that's going to come out in other areas of your life, right? Correct. Where you're going to lash out at your family and friends because you, you feel safe with them, right? Or go, yes. you don't even know what happened today at work. Of course they don't because you're not really allowed to talk about that, right? It's, it's confidential. Right. So we need to have those spaces, you know, also sharing circles or a, a debriefing circle, right? Like whatever language you want to use for it. But I was envisioning having a room where you could go in. I have this big piece of paper with 
pictures all over that I color once in a while on the wall. So I pictured like having something like that, having like oh, a space where you could touch something soft. With complex PTSD, I have a lot of symptoms that I have emotional triggers where there's not visual flashbacks, but it will be like a, just intense emotions of just really overwhelming toxic shame. Like you feel very right. depressed, very overwhelmed, suicidal at times. So having that connection to ground yourself and express yourself, like instead of having to say something, sometimes it's hard to speak those things, right? I use crayons and I color and I break the crayons. And like, it's just, again, that inner child healing that needs to just let out those emotions. Because when kids are mad, they throw temper tantrum and then they're good. Then they're good. But it's interesting you say like a space like that, because a lot of hospitals have their chapels. So why can't there be another room for something like that? Right. Or well, my friend was like, why don't you have, like, I was envisioning one day that I will have something like this, like a center where people can just come and do whatever. And she's like, you need like a room where you can like smash things. <laughs> you, just where you just want to like, you know. So if anyone's bring... got crockery they don't want anymore, bring it over. And then you can use the smash stuff to make mosaics. Like something else. Right? Like this exactly. is the key for We actually have to embrace our emotions and feeling them. And that's for me a long time. I didn't do that. And I didn't address right. my emotions and I was a workaholic. And I still have to work through that because I'm like, well, I need to always be doing, I need to be doing, I'm not good unless I do this paper or I do this work or, and it's like, no, we just need to sit, sit. And, and you're right. But unfortunately today too, particularly, I mean, you, this may just be in the movies, but you always see, particularly in hospitals, nurses and doctors working obscene hours. And that's got to take its toll. And particularly in something like a pandemic where there's even more going on and it's just constant, constant. Mm. It's been going on for a year now. So it's constant, yeah. constant. What were the administrators doing in terms of making sure that they're looking after the nurses and the doctors and, and those healthcare workers so that they can provide the service that people are coming to the hospital for in the first place? Exactly. Um, and the interesting part about this too is it's reimagining things, right? I'm not saying this is the end all be all, but I'm like, this is a good way that it's working for myself to reconnect with what are my true values. And I go, yeah, I love caring for people, right? And I, because for yep. a while I was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm just going to quit. Like, this is just, I'm done. Right. It, Which would be a waste for the nursing profession. Well, thank you. Right. And that's the thing. Right. And, and going, well, no, what do I need? And that's where the self-reflection goes. And that's the big right. the question. If you can ask yourself, what do I need right now? Right. And usually right now, water is what I need. And, <laughs> and the question, well, right. Yeah. And the question is too, is when you're doing your training, this needs to come as part of the training so it becomes an automatic for each so regardless of what the hospital administration and everything else does you know yourself how to look after yourself mm -hmm. exactly because and and the thing is is I, what i say is very empowering of that is you get to choose what works for you and that, that's right. what i love about it because i've been chasing yep. these things right give me the right pill for that or give me the right treatment for that or do these things for me kind of yeah, thing, yeah. right? But the biggest part for me was actually the speaking and the writing out and the artwork of releasing those things inside that were making me feel not whole, right? That were kind of eating away right. like, those dark parts and then going, oh yeah, maybe other people like this, right? And people I talk to who go like, that would be so cool. Like, I don't know how they would do that. I'm like, I don't know either, but we could be the first people to do that. Like, <laughs> you so can be fun, doing it. Right? Like, it's possible. That would... 
it is possible. It is possible. And I think only the genre that can be possible because of people like you too of expressing it and making us be aware of it because a lot of the times we just go with the flow. Oh, yeah, because it's um, the way it's always been done, right? And it's and the other piece is really interesting I was thinking about. And storytelling is how we, we teach, right? And so yep. thinking about showing and not telling, but I just think about how much work and energy has been put into the way that the system is currently. And so it's almost like, well, we can't do that. We put so much work into this already. Like it's just... Yeah. But we've got to adapt. Right. And that's the piece where it, it's, I, I understand where there's some resistance there. Well, that's, how, this is how we've always done it. No one's ever right. complained before. And I'm like, well. But now's time. <laughs> I go, yeah. It's like, it's like, okay, well, cool. You've never done it before. Let's try it this way. And going, it might, it might not work. We're going to tweak it. There's going to be growing pains. It's an opportunity, but right? An opportunity for growth. There's so many opportunities right now because of COVID, right? And, you know, we are angry about it's, it but it's, it's, it's like, highlighted a lot of things it and has, so right? it's a perfect opportunity to make change definitely um, and it's you know the truth sets us free but it hurts man like it hurts first right it makes you angry it makes you sad but it makes you again I turn that anger into passion right like it turns that into fire to make a change right to go yes we can't take this anymore we won't do this anymore I can't do this anymore right and then going well what do we do next and I think that's the big piece for me is, is, is exploring that and going, this is one step for me. And hopefully other people, you know, feel like it might be a step for them. Well, I mean, that's a great way to end the show um, because I think, you know, that is, I know your, your work is looking at self-reflection of how you can get yourself to a better place to be able to serve the public better. And so hopefully people will will realize with some of the things that you've mentioned there's a, some great opportunities of, of combining both traditional and western medicines and there's some very simple things that we can be doing to help look after ourselves because if we don't look after ourselves it's not good for our, the people around us we have to look after ourselves and our own health so these are some of the ways that uh, Zhang Wei is doing it and hopefully people will get some ideas from that as well so I really do appreciate you giving us the time because I know how busy you have been but you still need to have some time for yourself too so I won't keep you any longer so that you can um, spend some nice downtime yourself so That's thanks me. so much for coming on the show yes thank you so much Chimi Gooch for having me this has just been such a pleasure and uh, for anyone that's listening reach out anytime definitely I'm like you know the more that we educate each other I think is awesome and I'm so open to learning and I'm so curious about what other people are doing too so I just thank you again which is great and I'll, I'll put on the website too because Zhang Wei has a website and does some podcasting as well so uh, if anyone wants is interested in some of the other things that Zhang Wei is doing please take a look it's well worth it so thank you again uh, so that's it everyone another week of grad chat sadly comes to an end and you know it's really hard because sometimes I just want to keep going but then I realize on the air we've only got a certain amount of time luckily we can have a podcast too so don't forget you can download the full version of the podcast tomorrow or a bit later in the week on either google podcast stitcher or itunes just type in grad chat until next week this is cj the dj signing off with a big hooray
Thank you for listening to this podcast produced at CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, Ontario at Queen's University, situated on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples. The CFRC Podcast Network at podcast.cfrc.ca is brought to you by the generous support of the Queen's University Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences. Thank you.